1: Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. And the Steelers season might be over, but the NFL playoffs continues on. And if you want to place a bet on the NFL playoff action, BetOnline.ag is the place to do it.
2: Even though the Kansas City Chiefs ran up the score against my Pittsburgh Steelers, (laughs) that don't mean you can't run up your card when you go to BetOnline.ag because the playoffs is still here.
1: And a new year means a new and updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today at betonline.ag to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Belief Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. Hello. It the Steelers' season is over. I see you rocking your Rage and Cajuns gear. We're both yeah. licking our wounds on Monday morning after the Steelers lost to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football in the Wild Card round. Steelers fall to the Chiefs, 42 to 21. Man, we got a lot to talk about on today's show, but kind of a, a brutal finish to the Steelers' season. How are you doing this morning, my man? Man, I'm
2: doing good. You know, I'm just glad the Pittsburgh Steelers made the playoffs, to be honest Amen. with you. Um, giving Big Ben one last ride, or at least a shot to have one last ride at the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, it came to an end, but that's how it was. But uh, it's time for a new era. You know, Seven have has done everything he could in this power. Um, Not only to give the Pittsburgh Steelers a shot this year. Um, I can't blame everything on seven for that game. We'll talk about this throughout the show. A few third down drops um, that happened from Deontay Johnson. But at the same time, man, he did give us, or he tried to give us the Pittsburgh Steelers life. We just came up short. And when I say short, it was really short.
1: Yeah, I. this is nothing to take away from Big Ben's 18-year career. Longest tenure of an NFL quarterback with one franchise. Big Ben's headed to Canton in five years. There's no doubt about that, but I am 100% with you. That's something we're going to talk about on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is what the Steelers should do at the quarterback position in 2022. What changes that the Steelers need to make. We'll also talk about our, you know, our analysis from the NFL wild card weekend. We still have a Monday night game tonight between Rams and the uh, Los the Rams and the Cardinals as well. But I go to the offense, Ike, and I know 42 points allowed probably gets you really going as a former defensive player, but the Steelers only getting 257 yards of total offense compared to the Chiefs having 478. And I go to the first half, and we're going to talk about this, and I'm probably going to say this at least five times on today's show. 44 total yards in the first half of offense. I don't care if you have a historically great defense defense You've got to be able to put some points on the board and put your defense in an opportunity to succeed to succeed to play complementary football. And the Steelers did not do that last night. Only 44 total yards of offense. I cannot remember a worse first half performance for the Pittsburgh Steelers in one half of football. And it was evident yet again on Sunday night where they dig themselves a deficit and they've got to play while trailing from trying to come from behind. And you do that too many times, you end up shooting yourself in the foot.
2: It was just a matter of time when the Kansas City Chiefs offense, and I call that a lion sitting in the cage, that there was gonna break out and it was gonna cause havoc. You know what I'm saying? So my my whole thing was, okay, you started off hot in defense. They started off hot. Wind up getting a score on defense, held Patrick Mahomes to little to minimum in the first half and you know if the Pittsburgh Steelers couldn't maintain a drive I think the first eight possessions was all punts if they couldn't sustain or maintain a drive it was just a matter of time that the Kansas City Chiefs was going to really figure out what the Pittsburgh Steelers defense was doing and obviously they did that's why the score is the way what you see now on our podcast but man you got to give the defense some help and you got to give the defense credit I mean off the bat you get an interception, a tip ball by T.J. Watt. Then you get a score off a fumble recovery, which we'll talk about later, off by T.J. Watt. So, at the same time, I can't be mad at this this uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Um, I'm very upset in the productivity of the offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers and them not helping the defense out. Not even like, not not even not scoring, but just holding the ball and keeping Patty Mahomes sitting on the sideline.
1: Yeah, like the Steelers' best defense would be their offense, given how high-powered the Chiefs' defense – excuse me, the Chiefs' offense is. Patrick Mahomes against the Steelers, Ike. Three games, 120 points scored, 14 touchdowns, and only one interception. So Mahomes has been terrific against the Chief, against the Steelers. And to me, this game was over when on third and 20, 13 seconds left in the second quarter – At the Pittsburgh 48, Mahomes finds Travis Kelsey down the field. And I'm going to go back to one of the keys to the game that you told me during our Friday preview show. It's keeping Patrick Mahomes in the pocket, not allowing him to scramble around to his right where he's so dangerous and effective because he can throw it from any angle possible. When that play happened, Ike, especially considering the Chiefs got the ball to start the second half as well, Given the struggles of Pittsburgh's offense, I knew right then and there it was likely over for the Steelers.
2: Yeah, that's that's his big plays. You know, Temple, Temple giving you Temple have given everybody the the blueprint. Just keep him in the pocket. You keep him in the pocket, make him read on the run. Um, it's not gonna give time for the deep routes. He can't extend plays when he leave out the pocket because the receivers he have one they gonna beat you anyway. Two, when you get Patrick Mahomes scrambling in extended plays, all they know is, okay, my route was short originally. or right, I'm about to take and spin this thing up deep. <laughs> that's all they know because that's all they've been doing. You're talking about the Pringles. You're talking about the Hardmans. you talk about the, the Tyreek Hills. Those guys, they burn us. So, yeah, we're going to run traditional routes, but once we see Patrick Mahomes scrambling, guess what we're going to do? We're going to head towards that end zone. And that's exactly what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And we talked about this, like you said, on Friday. I just thought, man, just contain them. I thought this shouldn't be a sack. This shouldn't be a sack game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought this should have been a contained game. Now, don't get me wrong. The defense wound up scoring, and it did cause a a turnover in the first half to help the Pittsburgh Steelers offense out. And the Pittsburgh Steelers offense didn't give the defense any help. But at the same time, man, when you just look at the the games that Patrick Mahomes have lost – everybody have kept or tried to check so far and
1: keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. Easier said than done, no doubt, Ike. Steelers have now allowed 40-plus points in each of their last three playoff games. So this is not to solely absolve the defense, but just given the offensive struggles, you know, your back is up against the wall from a defensive standpoint. And again, I go back to where it's like, I I joked around on previous episodes and previous weeks that it's like the cardiac Steelers. They're like the movie villain you can't quite kill. But if you play with fire and you play with the deficit game after game after game after game, it is going to catch up to you. And that's what happened on Sunday night. You mentioned at the top, Deontay Johnson, who's played at a Pro Bowl level this season. He had two key, key drops that were just absolute drive killers. But it was more than that, Ike. Like, I thought that the receivers just overall weren't in sync with Big Ben, particularly in the first half. We're going to talk a little bit more about the the Steelers' offensive struggles here in just a second here, too. But I do want to give credit to Kansas City. Travis Kelsey now has 700-plus receiving yards in, in playoff games, trails Jerry Rice by one game in NFL playoff history as well. And, you know, the Steelers or excuse me, the Chiefs defense, too, since week six has been tops in the league in terms of average points per game allowed as well. So the Chiefs, I tried to tell you, there's a reason why I think that they're going to represent the AFC in the Super Not Bowl, enough. playing really, really good football. And Ike, you're shaking your head. Hop in. No,
2: nah, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Coach Mike Vrabel over there with the Tennessee Titans and him having that 2,000 yard running back coming from really? Texas. Texas informing. And now you get King Heron back. Now they said they've been saying that I, my sources, and I think my sources are good. His nickname is 2K. My sources have said that he's been he's been practicing for the past two weeks. They just they just keep the man in the garage right now. So yeah, and I know exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't do, <laughs> is what the Titans will do. They're gonna run that thing 35, 40 times. That's exactly what they're gonna do. So yeah, I, I get the Kansas City Chiefs, they cool. And they're first in a lot, lot of stats in the NFL, I will say. And they have turned things around since week six. They really have. But going against that backyard broad kind of team, I told you, I was trying to tell you, the 49ers, they're a backyard broad team, and the Tennessee Titans, even though they're no, they the number one seed, and people don't feel like they should be the number one seed, people feel like KC should be the number one seed. They got that backyard broad mentality. It's all about matchups in the playoffs take the personnel out take my favorite player out take what have they done the regular season out. when it comes down to these matchups that's exactly what it is in the playoffs so i think just like the 49ers are bullies in the nfc i think the tennessee titans are bullies in the afc
1: ike we're gonna have a full breakdown on friday's show of all the divisional round matchups and I'm looking at the Titans coaching staff right now, and it's like, who is the player that Ike played with? Who is Ike's inside source in Tennessee? I'll let our viewers and listeners speculate about that. <laughs> Ike, I, one thing I wanted to ask you about, I saw you got so disgusted in last night's game, you decided to flip over to Netflix. What yeah. did you flip on instead of watching the Sunday night football game? Because yeah. it was hard to watch at times. Barbarous.
2: Yeah, I just finished talking my episode of Barbarians, man. I got to a point where, you know, I, I can only smoke so many cigars, so many one-of-a-kind cigars, Mark, in the course of two hours, you know? So I was like, you know what? Smoking these cigars gives me a headache. Watching the Pittsburgh Steelers and how they play gives me a headache. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to flip this thing over to Netflix. So I want to up watching the Barbarians.
1: Okay, I, I love that. I, I might have to check that out just so we can continue yeah, yeah. the conversation on the yeah. pod and with the offseason. season. We're going to have a lot of airtime we need to fill and a lot to discuss. So I might need to pick up Barbarians on Netflix. For sure. Ike, we'll move on. And one of the big questions I have before we get to who Big Ben's heir will be is that the Steelers are going to undergo many changes in the offseason. It looks like Big Ben is going to hang it up after this season. We'll see here in the coming weeks. I expect him to announce his retirement again. He's headed to Canton in five years as a first ballot Hall of Famer. But the question I have, and especially given the Steelers' slow start, would be the future of Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. I point to the 44 total yards in the first half. Now, I also look to, okay, this is one game. Yes, it is playoffs. Winner, go home. One shot, one kill, as you like to say, Ike. But when I'm looking at beat writers who cover the team, and sure. I'm on Twitter last night where the beat writers, their boots are on the ground. They cover this team day in and day out at practices, games throughout the course of the season. And beat writers are saying that Ben is the one drawing up the plays on his own towards the end of the game in third and fourth quarters throughout the duration of the season. And that is when the Steelers offense has had the most success this season. That's a problem to me. It's a problem so- when I look at 20 points per game scored, which is near, ranks near the bottom of the league, 21st. 314 yards per game, total 23rd in the NFL and only 93 yards rushing. That's 29th in the NFL. I, I, maybe you might make the argument with Canada to say, you can't make a gourmet meal with bologna and potato chips. Like, but this offense, this season, in my opinion, really, really hamstrung the team. That's not to take away from big Ben's career. I think big Ben gave the Steelers the best chance to win of all the quarterbacks on their roster. But if you want to win in the modern NFL, this offense needs to get better. And I think that starts in the offseason with examining and asking yourself the question, is it best in the Steelers' best interest to keep Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator?
2: I've said this before they hire Matt Canada. If you hire within the organization, Ben will still be the offensive coordinator. I said you have to go out. They hire somebody different so they can put their foot down on Big Ben respectably. But you hire inside the organization, that ain't nothing but the same O.C. in Ben's mind, I can run all over him and say what I want to regardless. It's the same thing when Tom Brady came down with Brian Lefkowitz, he respectively, they got on the same page. It's the same thing when they got a new coach in the O.C. for Aaron Rodgers and Coach Matt Lafleur. He gave him some pushback, but you see how that's working. This is what you do when you hire inside the organization, especially coming from a, a 18-year-old vet like Vic, like Big Ben. Man, it, it's going to be his offense. So, no, I don't think you should fire Matt Canada. Matt Canada is saying, man, give me something young. Y'all see when we just sit and shotgun and uh, an old veteran quarterback when he can't move, y'all see what happened? They just blitz us all day. Yeah, even though we had the, the two drops by Deontay on the crucial third downs, but, hell, what you want me to do? I got to get the ball right out in quick. in his
1: hands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: I got to get the ball out quick. Why I got to get the ball out quick? Because my quarterback can't move. His feet is cement. Now, you give me a mobile quarterback where I can do some run, some run reads, some run option reads with a Haskins or with a, a Mason Rudolph, y'all can really see my offense. So, yeah, this is Big Ben offense. And, yeah, y'all going to give him the green light. Yeah, he does have the keys to the city. But at the same time, the offense and what I'm doing – Hey, Ike, by the way, I've been listening to your show the whole time. I've been trying to get a younger quarterback because that's what AFC North is. A Joe Burrow, a Baker, a Baker Mayfield, a Lamar Jackson, a second-string quarterback in Huntley. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying, Ike. So thank but thanks for having my back, Matt Canada is saying. But when you got a, a quarterback like Big Ben who can't move, it's tough for Matt Canada to call plays. Everybody's just sitting on routes. So when you get to the playoffs, you know you're only limited to a few possessions. In the first, like, eight possessions, we're all punts, 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 and punts. Why? Because this is a new era for, for for a quarterback in the NFL. You have to have a quarterback who is somewhat mobile. I'm not saying all the way mobile. Even Tom Brady this year ran for his longest uh, rushing yards this year at the age of 44. So that's saying something. So take the age out. If you're not mobile as a quarterback quarterback, you will not make it. Your team won't have a shot. Just ask the Buffalo Bills and see what they did to the England Patriots when they went up to Buffalo and you saw that big stud running the ball and Josh Allen, 65 yards rushing. That's he what can I'm saying.
1: fly, Ike. Yeah, yeah.
2: If you give your team it's, – it's it's 10 it's ten on 11. As a defensive coordinator, when you have a quarterback who can't move, it's 10 on 11. When you have a quarterback who can move, some 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 style of mobility – now it becomes 11 on 11. You know what I'm saying? So it's very difficult to play. That's why Patrick Mahomes always in the Kansas City Chiefs. They always going to figure a way out to either get to the AFC Championship or to a Super Bowl. Why? Because the man is mobile. Uh, um, AR-12 sitting in Green Bay. Why? Because the man is somewhat mobile. He just don't. He, <laughs> having a statue sitting in the pocket who cannot move. It's hard as an OC to call plays. It's hard. Just look at all the trick plays. I mean, you talk about opening up your engine and getting to 200 miles an hour. The Kansas City Chiefs last night when they did in their playbook, how they opened that thing up. They put the world on notice. Whatever y'all looking for, we got. If we need an offensive lineman to scope, he's going to scope. If we need a tight end to throw a touchdown to one of the receivers, that's exactly what he's going to do. If I need my future Hall of Fame quarterback and Patrick Mahomes to get back in the wishbone formation, act like a running back. This is exactly what we're going to do. When I said they opened up the playbook, but they opened up the playbook. So, and, but you can do that. You can only, you can only do that with a mobile quarterback. You can't do that. That's, and that's what Matt Canada been saying. And that's what the front office has been saying this whole time. Give me fresh legs. You give me fresh legs. I can open up my playbook. You don't give me fresh legs, you handicap handicapping me. And that's exactly what's going on right now.
1: We'll see what the Steelers decide in terms of Canada, whether to keep him in 2022. One thing I will say, 37 points scored in the first quarter all season for right. the Steelers, second lowest behind only the New York Giants this season. And the Chiefs in the first quarter, meanwhile, scored the most points in the first quarter of the season at 130 tied with the Dallas Cowboys, talk about fast starts, something that the Steelers didn't do very often in the 2022 season, Ike. And speaking of young and fresh legs, so we'll see what happens with Canada this offseason, Ike. I have a power rankings list of, okay, I'm going to give you your GM hat here, Ike Taylor. What do you think that the Steelers should do for Big Ben's heir? Because what you just described in terms of him being a statue back in the pocket, is the reason why he cannot come back in 2022 as great as he's been in, in his hall of fame career with the Steelers Steelers need to rip off the band-aid and move on considering the quarterback talent in the division and across the rest of the AFC. So in your ideal world, Ike Taylor, this off season, you know, what, what steps are you taking? I've got a list of power rankings of how I'd approach it of, of, you know, the, the creme de la creme, and I'm talking to Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson's of the world, all the way on down. How are you approaching this offseason, Ike Taylor, to try to figure out the, the Steelers quarterback situation ahead of the 2022 season?
2: First of all, I'm going to see if this rumor is true. I'm going to see, and I'm going to go ahead on for the Pittsburgh Steelers. since Pat McAfee, shout out to Pat McAfee, because we'll be rocking on this show. Mm-hmm. If, since Aaron Rodgers is always on his show, I'm going to see if this rumor is true. Do he really want to become a Pittsburgh still? And if I get the inside source and feel like Aaron Rodgers don't mind becoming a Pittsburgh still, well, hell, I'm going for him. I'm giving everything I need for Aaron Rodgers. That's what I'm doing. Because if I'm Coach Tomlin and I never had a losing season and I'm always either every other year or years back-to-back in the playoffs, what's been holding me back? A quarterback. Who can move? What won't hold me back if I get an Aaron Rodgers, or Aaron Rodgers, a veteran Aaron Rodgers? How many years I got left for Aaron Rodgers? I probably got about four max more years he's with Aaron Rodgers.
1: Th- he's 38, Ike, and I will say this. We're all 49ers fans this upcoming weekend, hoping that they can pull off the upset against the Packers to restart that conversation again. I know the Packers are the favorite in the NFC, but if they get upset and get bounced in the divisional round, this whole conversation is going to resurface. Mark my words.
2: Okay, so I'm a, I'm gonna try Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna see if the Russell Wilson rumor. Is
1: He's true. number two on my list as well. I'm gonna see.
2: I'm gonna see. I'm gonna test the waters with Russell. See what I can get. See what I can give and get for Russell. Bam. Then I'm gonna holler I'm gonna at Kirk Cousins. I'm gonna see what a Kirk Cousins. I'm,
1: I'm C, Cousins I'm a, wasn't even on my list. He is under contract I'm, for another season. Was, Wilson, 33 years old, has said he's wanted out of Seattle, not demanding a trade, but says, I want to explore my options. I'm Kirk pick, Cousins wasn't even on my list, though, Ike. I'm
2: going to pick up his contract. This is last season. So as a front office, I can pick up Kirk Cousins contract and extend them and spread the money out. That's my options right there. I'm gonna go in a draft. I'm gonna check this draft out. If the kid from Pitts still sitting up, I'ma gonna, I'm gonna wind up drafting this young man. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look at Mason. Mason got another year left on his contract for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And rumors have been around that Coach T do like Dwayne Haskins, the improvement. He's mobile. So I'm gonna let them guys fight it out. But first is Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Draft. I already got Mason Rudolph. I'm gonna go on extend a one or two year contract with Dwayne Haskins, and I see what I got in between there. So my first tier, my first tier is the three I named: Rodgers, Wilson, Kirk. My second tier is the draft pick, because if I if I'm gonna on, if I don't get them three, I'm just gonna rock out with my rookie. This is exactly what I'm doing, and and ain't no need to start off with Mason or Haskins, because they've been in the NFL for a long time, and they showed me who they are. Point blank, period. Let me go out on and just go through the trial and error with my rookie. And then i take it from there. That's what I would do if I was a GM.
1: Mike, uh, the Steelers will have the 20th pick in the 2022 draft. It would have been 18 had they not made the playoffs. So I don't think there's going to be a huge uh, difference in, say, two draft slots, uh, not making the playoffs versus making the playoffs. And as much as I want, a new QB. The Steelers haven't picked an offensive lineman in the first or second round of the draft since David DeCastro in the 2012 draft. So, offensive line is what I want to see prioritized as well this offseason, in addition to finding Big Ben's heir. Two other names, well, three other names I want to throw out there, Ike. Deshaun Watson, if he's cleared of legal trouble, which is a huge caveat. I know Watson's been linked to the Miami Dolphins. I think that those rumors will continue into the offseason. Jimmy G, but Jimmy G might have cemented himself in San Francisco, at least for the time being. And then Gardner Minshew Uh, as well are are all, you're shaking your head just disgusted. Those are three other possibilities I would like to see Pittsburgh consider.
2: don't, Don't, I don't mind Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't get me wrong, but Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy made me have a flashback, you know, when he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders. He overthrew uh, nook what's what's the young man's name? Is it a you
1: gonna have to get IT on this. He still has the stench from him on the Super Bowl, though, is what you're saying,
2: Ike. Yeah, he overthrew nook on a double move off of Diggs. Uh, mm-hmm. He double move, he was wide open, overthrew him. Mm-hmm. He wound up overthrowing his uh, tight end, use check, and wind up being a interception from from the corner from the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. it scares me. When it comes when it comes down to crunch time, he scares me. He really do. It's too much. It's too much up and down. Too much inconsistency, and in his arm movement and the way he throws the ball, he, he's always overthrowing his players. So yeah, I get it. he does have mobility, and he's not bad at a star, as a starter. Don't get me wrong about Jimmy Garoppolo. His record is pretty damn good. When he starts, you know what I'm saying? But he just scares me when it comes down to crunch time. Um, you taking a Joe Burrow before Jimmy Garoppolo any day. Really, you taking a Joe, you taking a Joe Burrow. <laughs> the only people you're not taking Joe Burrow in front of, you, Tom, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and really, and Patrick Mahomes. That's it. <laughs> you take it. Five is Joe Burrow, correct me if I'm wrong. But that's 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 how I'm feeling. So Gardner Minshew, Mark, I don't know what kind of water you drank this morning because you are a morning person and you do like to get your workouts and your yoga in. But this morning on the. What's today's day? January the 17th. Thank. Like. don't drink that water ever again. You know <laughs> <laughs> don't you ever in your life. Drink that water again, change another water.
1: My argument for Shoe would be, who did he really play with in Jacksonville? And then did he really get an opportunity in Philly, considering Jalen Hurts is already there? He's a cheap option. He's a cheap option.
2: I get his mobility, but is he the same as a Mason Rudolph? Is he the same as Dwayne Haskins? They, are they the same body types? Do they play the same? Do they make the same mistakes? Do they make the same plays? And right now, we don't have a quarterback whisperer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if we had a quarterback whisperer, i say, shoot, go for it. Go all in with it. But right now in that Pittsburgh Steelers facility, we don't have a quarterback whisperer like a Bruce Aarons or an Andy Reid or a, a Matt LaFleur or a Kyle Shanahan. We don't have them guys sitting in that office right now. So I would say no. Because to me, that's a Mason Rudolph and a Dwayne Haskins.
1: Like we're going to be talking about this a ton, this off season. So we will move on because between the draft and free agency, the Steelers are going to have to figure out something in terms of the quarterback position. So that's going to be what we talk about for, that's going to be a major, major storyline. This off season, we will go to Taylor talk. And this was the Steelers highlight in the Sunday night football game, TJ Watt scoring off a scoop and score off cam Hayward's forced fumble I'll set this up for us, Ike. First and 10 at the Kansas City, 31, uh, 10 minutes and 41 seconds in the second quarter. Scoreless game, and we're going to s- watch this footage now from NFL Game Pass as well. Ike, what would you see here on this play from the Pittsburgh Steelers?
2: Well, if we just look at the formation, before we even get to the play, I want everybody, we're going to have a little football one-on-one. So you see where the center, center is. 17 is right under the center. So between the center and the guard, that's your two A-gaps. Between the guard and the tackle, that's your two B-gaps. Between the tackle and the tight end, that's your C-gaps. Anything outside the tight end is considered D-gaps. But I just want to show, and we're going to play, we're going to pause it after this show, after I finish talking. I just want to show the gap integrity and how gap sound on this play the Pittsburgh Steelers have right now. Ms. Courtney, can you run this?
1: So we'll run the play here to Ike. And you can see the gap integrity that you're talking about from each of the different Steelers defenders as we – this play runs and then we're going to pause it here.
2: Oh, man, that's a thing of beauty. <laughs> Everything is gap sound. So, honestly, where is thirty-one going to go? You know, and that's exactly what we're looking at. He's looking at, okay, where can I go before he gets the ball handed to him? So he's not paying attention on actually grabbing the ball first, then looking to see where he goes. He's looking to see what hole I'm going to get before he grabs the ball. Now, if you look at a Cam, if you look at a T.J. Watt, if you look at a Schobert, if you look at a Spillane, if you if you look at a Highsmith, when you see all these guys and they gap sound, the one person I think of is Coach John Mitchell. Now, Coach John Mitchell was the assistant coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a long time. He was a D-line coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a long time. He was the first black Alabama player <laughs> So for, for Coach Bear Bryant. So that goes back a long time in history. But he's always talking about being gap sound, and you make it hard on the offense when everybody's gap sound. So looking at this picture, and I'm looking at this picture because this picture reminds me of the gap integrity in every day. Coach John Mitchell used to preach to the D-line and linebackers. Gap integrity, gap integrity, gap integrity. Be unselfish, be unselfish, be unselfish. So on this plate, and this was one of the only highlights that the Pittsburgh Steelers have, and you can go forward, Miss Courtney, I just wanted to address the gap integrity of the Pittsburgh Steelers defense on this plate, and what's about to happen shouldn't happen. So there go the first fumble, Mark.
1: Yeah, and yeah. on the first fumble, too, Ike, I, I want to point this out, too. The ball starts to come out, I think because he's looking up and sees the Steelers defenders in their gaps where they should be. He doesn't have anywhere to go. So if you're a young running back, you've got to make the, the breadbasket big, Ike, to give your quarterback a big target to be able to put the football square and securely into your belly. That's why a lot of running backs have strong cores because you got to tote the rock and you've got to secure the football. He doesn't do that here on this play. Maybe it's because it's McColl Hardman and the Wildcat not typically taking snaps from under center. Usually that's Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs, but Williams right. does not – secure the football the first time that causes the first fumble. He panics, picks it up. And by that point, he's swarmed by Steelers defenders. They rally to the football. They fly to the football. They get multiple hats on the football. It's Joe Schobert, who's their first Ike. And then Cam Hayward punches it out as the second defender there. If you want to talk about the importance of getting multiple hats on the football, this play was a key. This play illustrated that in terms of first guy there, secures the tackle, second guy there tries to punch the ball loose to create a turnover.
2: Um, well, Mark, I'm so glad you asked me because I sure would. So we're talking about two guys, and you can because I'm going to ask you a question. So who's the two usual suspects we usually talk about when you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense?
1: Well, it's going to be T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward, Ike, and I would say Batman and Robin, but I'm going to correct myself and just say they're really both just co-Batmans, Ike.
2: Nah, I'm not going to disagree with that at all. But then again, you have Schober, He does hold on. And you got Cam, who's always hustling to the ball. If you watch this game on replay, when you see a guy who's a D lineman, but he's 17, 18 yards down the field because he's always hustling, that's number 97 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's why he's an all-pro. And that's why he plays to the whistle blows. But in the playoffs, I think people forget the referees. They leave their whistle in the locker room and they tell these kids to toughen up. <laughs> this is playoff football. You're not going to get the call you was getting the regular season. As you can see to some receivers, how they be winding on the sidelines. But getting back to Cam and the usual suspect, Cam wind up getting some help from his teammate, Schober, while he's holding them. Coach T always emphasized, man, the second guy, once you see the first guy have a secure tackle, is to what? To punch out the ball so we can't create more turnovers. And this is exactly what Cam Haywood does day in and day out. Miss Courtney, can you run the play? And I'm saying, Miss Courtney, if y'all don't know her, she's from Briggs TV. She the one got us looking good on this show. She got all this good plays right here, but then you got a TJ White, A TJ White. See so y'all call y'all call it Johnny on the spot. I call it TJ, TJ in your arena. Cause TJ always in somebody arena, whether he's invited or not and he's always making a goddamn play. (laughs) That's exactly what T.J. Watt do. He don't care nothing about no invites. He walking up, he telling the bouncer, I'm about to whoop your butt and your butt and your butt, and this is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in VIP, and I'm going to take your girl, your girl, and your girl. That's just what I'm saying about a T.J. Watt. So every time he go into a stadium, guess what he do? He tell the security guards, don't check me. I don't have nothing on me, but this is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a play on your offensive lineman, I'm going to strip sack on your quarterback, and I'm going to hit your running back harder he's going to fumble. And I'm going to always be around the ball. That's why I don't call him Johnny on the spot. I call him TJ in the arena. And we're going to miss this slide, with Miss Courtney. If you can just let this thing run. That was one of the most beautiful moments I've seen early in the Pittsburgh game for the playoffs. But then after that, I had to go smoke me 16 cigars in two hours and just go to sleep and watch some Netflix.
1: I'll tell you what, like the rest of the show from here, (laughs) that was the crescendo. What a slide by Watt. Baseball slide, too. Like, TJ Watt with the football in his hands, it's like, should he be playing offense? Should he be playing another sport? This, to me, it was like, man, if the Steelers could have taken this momentum and used this as fuel, and it's like the Chiefs then go down and score 28 consecutive points, and it was really downhill from there. But this, to me, it's like, you can look at the scoreboard, and after Bozzi's extra point, Steelers did lead in this game 7-0. And to me, this was the, pit, the highlight for the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night. But, man, T.J. Watt with the ball in his hands, like, like, can we get him playing both ways? It's something I want to see more often because it was glorious. It was the highlight for the Steelers last night.
2: The dude electric, man. And we keep saying, Coach T said it last year, the dude, the dude ain't from around here. He's not from Earth. You know, the dude from a whole nother planet. And he just got a knack for the ball. That's just exactly how he played. Whether he's chipping the ball up for a Devin Bush to get it and pick it, or whether he's just, you know, TJ in the arena around the ball and him scoring off off a forced fumble, that's just TJ. Whether he's just getting a sack, that's just TJ. You know what I'm saying? Anything in a 15-yard radius where TJ's at, something bad is going to happen to the opposing team. That's a guarantee. And they're lucky they're not dropping TJ. Next year they will be dropping TJ and more coverages. And we'll be we'll be seeing more picks off of TJ. But at the same time, man, when he has that presence, when he has that God-giving ability, when he just have that knack, you can't do nothing but just let the man play ball. And when the Pittsburgh still assigned him, and I obviously, honestly, he's gonna get defensive player of the year in my mind, or at least he should. Cause ain't nobody Better. doing TJ, correct. Ain't nobody doing what TJ White doing. But at the same time, man, this dude here is just electric, man. Then you put him and Cam. So we're missing one more other guy on the other side. So you put him and Cam together, hopefully knock on wood uh, to it. Stuff on tour. will be back next year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know he had some, you know, stuff he was going through personally, especially with his brother dying. Hopefully it'll clear his mind and he'll come back. Then Pittsburgh will be exactly where they need to be with that one-two punch sitting inside. And TJ just probably go even crazier. Next year. But yeah, man, that was one of the only moments in the highlights for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm glad I saw it on
1: the defensive side. 100%. Ike, other observations from Wild Card weekend. Still have Cardinals and Rams on Monday night. Excited for that to wrap up what's been an awesome weekend. Uh, just a few observations, and I had one from each game. Uh, I- I'll tell you where I was right and where I was wrong. Where I was right, I tried to tell you about Josh Allen. That man is the truth. And I'm pretty sure the Buffalo Bills just scored yet another touchdown, Ike, because they kept scoring and scoring and scoring in their matchup against the Patriots.
2: I like it, Mark. Mark, you were dead as right. And the crazy thing about it is you made sure you told everybody on our po- on, on Twitter from the podcast that I was wrong. You, you, made, you, made, <laughs> you, made, you made sure you told too. to. I said, look at this son of a gun right here. I, I, I say Mark, you sure was right about that. But hey, the Buffalo- you're
1: good sport about it,
2: Ike. You're good sport. Hey, but the Buffalo Bills, you ain't lying. Between them and the Kansas City Chiefs, they still scoring. You know, they ain't stopped scoring. Just from last night's game and, and the Saturday game against the New England Patriots, where Buffalo had did. But um, that's what you see. That's what you get. So when you get a high power athlete with a strong ass arm and a Josh Allen, it don't matter what the weather is. He's gonna get the ball to where he need to get the ball to when you got a quarterback who's very smart as in a as in a mac and cheese but he doesn't have the arm talent and you got to go to buffalo and the wind chill is -7 and the wind gust is 25 I mean -25 but the temperature is actually 7 it's difficult so that's what you saw between a mac and cheese and but Josh Allen, you saw, you, saw, you saw a big difference. You know, it's the style. And then you saw the man rumbling and tumbling. You know, he's a tight end running the ball, Josh Allen. He just so happened to play quarterback with a strong-ass arm who can deliver in any kind of weather. That's a Josh Allen. But to get on the Buffalo Bills, you have to say, that young man, Singletary Day running back, ran like he was possessed. The man ran his butt off. They finally got some run game started in that game. Little man ran pissed off. Little man ran angry. He ran mad. He ran like I want to be the franchise quarterback for the Buffalo Bills in that playoff game. In my mind, I thought it would be the totally opposite. I thought the I thought the uh, I thought the New England Patriots was going to do when it came down to running exactly what the Buffalo Bills did to the New England Patriots. Now, on the flip side of that, boy, you can't say enough about the Buffalo Bills and how they came out with their hellfire fire on defense. So, Micah Hyde, and I wind up tweeting this. Get out of my brain, Ike. Get out of my brain. Micah Hyde and Seat came up with a huge interception, which I thought it was going to be a touchdown from the look of it. But Micah Hyde and Seat made a heck of a play. You know, probably is going to be on ESPN top plays of the year how Micah Hyde just came over there and Peter panned that thing. So safe, if you know what I'm saying. So, yes, um, the Buffalo Bills and you was 100% right, Mark. The Buffalo Bills not only did they think they whooped some butt.
1: You're in my brain, Ike. I thought the Micah Hyde interception really flipped the game for the Bills and because they were up one score at that point, and then from there, it was just like, let's just pile on the points and build a multiple-score lead where I was wrong. I, I was dead wrong about the Buccaneers and the Eagles. You tried to tell me don't br- bet against Tom Brady and I didn't want to listen. I thought the Eagles would be able to run the football and they really couldn't get the rushing game going. The Eagles were led by Jalen hurts when only had 39 yards rushing. And if not for a 34 yard touchdown garbage time run from Boston, Scott Eagles were only averaging 3.8 yards per carry. So they couldn't get the running game going against the stout Buccaneers defense. Uh, I was just dead wrong about that, Ike, and you you called it right there. So I'll admit when I'm right. I'll admit when I'm wrong. And I got the Buccaneers-Eagles game just dead wrong.
2: Tom Brady going to be Tom Brady regardless on the receivers he have. He's been winning Super Bowls without top five receivers, without uh, pro football focus rank, ranking and rating receivers. He's been doing this, so that won't be an issue. That's the part I was looking at. Now, what I didn't know was a new running back, last name Vaughn, number 21. Was going to cut up and show out the way he did against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what I didn't know. Now, on the flip side, the defense, the Tampa Bay defense, they understand and they know how crucial you need to play in the playoffs. And that's exactly what they did. Now, they're back, the intensity. They might be missing some guys personnel wise, Mark, but their intensity level on the Tampa Bay Bucks defense is at a playoff Super Bowl caliber mode right now.
1: Yes, getting out to a 17-0 lead really just it, Eagles didn't stand a chance because they led the NFL in rushing. Their style of play facing a 17-point deficit it would have been a tall task for any team. And again, they just really couldn't get the running game going. I uh, let's let's go to Bengals Raiders Jackpot Joe and the observation I had from this: Bengals get their first playoff win since January 1991, but. The inadvertent whistle on Joe Burrow's touchdown pass. My analogy was this. Does that become for Joe Burrow what the tuck rule was all those years ago for Tom Brady and the New England Patriots? An inadvertent whistle, Ike. And if you actually listened to the play, a whistle was blown, and everyone seemed to stop. Didn't stop the Bengals from scoring a touchdown. The rest is history. The Bengals win the game. Joe Burrow wins his first career playoff start.
2: See, that referee didn't get the memo, you know? (laughs) Yes, yes. He didn't get the memo. Hey, it's playoffs. We don't bring whistles outside when it comes playoff time. Why the hell you still got a referee sitting on one of your index fingers? You leave that thing in the (laughs) locker room, young man. That's exactly what you do. So it's just muscle memory. He was thinking the referee was like, okay, I'm anticipating Joe Burrow running out of bounds, and Joe Burrow didn't run out of bounds, Mm -hmm. and he blew the whistle, forgetting he shouldn't have had a whistle. So everybody damn near stopped on that particular moment, and there goes Joe Burrow. Jackpot Joey always being cool. He's right on time. He's right on time. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Regardless on what the situation is, whether he's getting you out of jail, whether he's coming back. Clutch, whether he's riding a motorcycle with his shades on that look like he does off of that post game interview, got a 1986 Indian, <laughs> Indian, oh, and driving in the cold weather, or whether, man, he's just smoking a one of a kind cigar. <laughs> Jackpot Joey is always cool, but a referee, he won't be called the next game because he should have left his whistle in the locker room because playoff football
1: referees don't carry whistles. The last time the Bengals won a playoff game, Here's how long ago it was, Ike. Michael Jordan had yet to win an NBA title. Home Alone was the number one movie in the box office. Madonna's Justify My Love was the number one song. And the Houston Oilers were the Bengals' opponent. So that's how long it's been since the Bengals have won a playoff game. Kudos to Joe Burrow and company over in Cincinnati. Ike, I also wanted to talk to you about That 49ers-Cowboys game, you called it in terms of the physicality that the 49ers bring to the table. A guy by the name of Debo Samuel, what he brings to the table. But I've got to know, as a former player, what you thought about the end of that game when the Cowboys ran out of time on Dak Prescott's scramble. What did you make of that final play? Because it was an exciting game, but, man, this game was an absolute fiasco, Ike.
2: Amen. I know a well coached Bill Belichick team, exactly what their receivers and their uh centers do and their quarterbacks do. They hand the ball to the to the um first. They give it to the referee because they know he has to be the first to touch the ball. <laughs> I see a Dallas Cowboys. They don't look in the rule book, they don't get their part. They just worry about their talent <laughs> and they worry about, hey man, we're gonna make it to the we're gonna make it to the Super Bowl. Now, the Cowboys haven't made it to the Super Bowl since the Cosby Show. And that's the, that's the early 1990s. <laughs> so <laughs> you can understand where they headed at with that. And nothing from the Dallas Cowboys. But I know when you're a well coach, the first or one of the things you do in training camp is you go through their rule book and your coach tells you the do's and the don'ts, which you can and you cannot do. And that sticks. The important thing sticks. I know a coach, Mike McCarthy, (laughs) he's not telling none of his players these are the rules. So if they knew better, they do better. So I'm not faulting none of the players. I'm putting this on the head, coach, and training camp, coach, in 2022, make sure you tell if you're still there. Make sure you tell your Dallas Cowboys, if we ever in this situation again, look for the referee hand him the ball because he's the one who has to touch it every single
1: play. Two things, like I want to piggyback off your point there. The Cowboys had 14 penalties in the game against the 49ers. That's too Undisputed. many. Yes, Undisputed. and then there have been 28 teams that have scored at least 500 points in NFL history. All of them have qualified for the playoffs, but only two of them have been eliminated in the wild card round: the 2000 St. Louis Rams and your 2021 Dallas Cowboys piggyback off your point you talk about the talent you talk about what they bring to the table there's no reason why they weren't able to get it done against the 49ers and the 49ers move on in the playoffs Ike, um it there you go i mean those those things point that out right there two other things Ike. i'm gonna give shout out to two fans as well ryan fitzpatrick sheen shirtless during the bills victory over the patriots at highmark stadium Despite the fact that I know Fitzpatrick is due to become a free agent, but he was the quarterback of another NFL franchise. The fact that he was there, shout out to Ryan Fitzpatrick, FitzMagic, and the in the Buffalo fans, the Bills Mafia. They're getting a shout-out from me this morning, Ike. And then mom of the year, shout out to Donna Kelsey as well. She went to the Eagles, uh, the Eagles Buccaneers game at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa to cheer on her son jason kelsey who plays center for the eagles she then flew to kansas city and was there to watch her son travis kelsey the tight end for the chiefs at arrowhead stadium in kansas city missouri mom of the year i thought two really yeah, yeah. cool fan moments that's from mama. nfl wildcard weekend
2: that's mama though she flew private she's not getting you know, on nothing commercial hell no that's my both of my sons in the league and they got some cheese and some dough and some guacamole and some avocado and in the old, oh, they got the old hundred dollar bills, the green bills, not the blue ones. Oh, hell no! Oh, hell no! Man, that woman flew private. Ain't no way, to, <laughs> ain't no way she flew commercial. Yeah, so shout out to Mama Kelsey. <laughs> you supposed uh... to, be, you got two sons in the league that you birthed. You supposed to travel however you want to travel, whichever way you want to travel, and that's not commercial, that's private. <laughs> so, you're right.
1: We need a full investigation if any of the beat writers from either teams can get to the bottom of that. Ike's theory is that Mama Kelsey has flown private between back and forth. There
2: ain't no way she flew commercial. (laughs) Ain't no way she flew. Ain't no way, Mark. Ain't no no way Mama gonna come down in this good weather in Florida and then gotta fly all the way to that bad weather in in, in Kansas City and think she's just gonna sit and wait for a layover depending on the weather? Hell no. Hey, (laughs) miss... Hey Miss Kelsey, Mama Kelsey, here's your tail number. That's what they tell you when you fly private. When you get to the front desk, here's your tail number. Here's your tail number. What would you like on the plane? Would you like the steak medium, <laughs> or would you like it well done, or would you like it real? That's exactly what they tell you when you get on that plane. Hell no, Mama Kelsey ain't flying though. Yeah, and she should. So shout out to, shout out to Mama Kelsey for real. And and she's sitting in a suite. Ain't no wait. You're not sitting with no typical face. Ma, I'm not regular, so you ain't regular. You sitting up in one of these boxes. and That's, just, that's exactly what you're doing. So, yeah, you're 100% right, Mark.
1: Oh, my gosh. Ike, you're the absolute best of this is the reason why. On Friday, we're going to have a full breakdown of the divisional round. So, uh, the div- divisional round will start on Saturday with two games between Bengals and Titans the nightcap is the 49ers against the Packers on Saturday. And then on Sunday, it's either going to be the Cardinals or the Rams going against the Buccaneers at 3 o'clock Eastern at 6.30. Bills at Kansas City Chiefs, uh, 6.30 Eastern time on Sunday. So we're going to have a full preview of the breakdown of the divisional round. And again, that's going to be out on Friday's edition of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Ike, you're my guy. You're the absolute best. want to give a shout out to you folks over at the Believe Podcast Network folks over at Brinks TV, uh, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, the team over there. Today's sponsor, betonline.ag. And I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Thank you for rocking with us all season long. We're going to continue on throughout the course of the playoffs. So stick stick with us here on the Believe in Steelers podcast.
2: Yeah, I need to let Mark go because Mark got some business he need to attend to. But got to thank BetOnline.ag for sponsoring us, being with us from day one. Got to thank Believe in Steelers podcast, Believe in Podcast, just in general for giving Mark and I an opportunity. Got to thank Brinks TV. And when I say Miss Courtney, she's one of the producers for this. So all, when y'all see all this good animation on these shows, she's in charge of all that. So when I say Miss Courtney, just think about animation. Just think about how good we're looking. Just think about the podcast. Bam. Want to thank everybody for tuning in chopping it up, listening to make sure y'all rate and review us, give a five stars, but last but not least got to give it out to my dog, Mark Bergen. I appreciate you. I thank you every time for coming on the show. You give me some insight. Hopefully I give you insight. I want to thank everybody for tuning in again. And thank you again.
1: For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will be back on Friday to preview the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, but until then take care. And so long, everybody. Peace.